0: If you run away when things get tough, then you don't really stand for anything.
1: From Religion News Service, this is Beliefs. I'm Bill Baker.
0: pandemic has no boundaries. You know, it reaches the rich and the poor. It doesn't matter who we are. It's showing us that we are all one human family. It's very vulnerable, very fragile, and that we we need each other. We need to be able to be uh, supportive, and we must not exclude any group.
1: Last episode, we spoke to Father James Martin to ask questions about God, suffering, and the pandemic. His episode is the anchor of a daisy chain of conversations, taking us around the world, faith to faith, place to place. Father Martin suggested our next guest, Sister Norma Pimentel, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley. Her position servicing immigrants and refugees in the borderlands gives her unique perspective. If the pandemic comes for young and old, for prime ministers to Louisiana parishioners, then certainly that mindset could influence the thoughts on our border policy. Sister Pimentel spoke to Beliefs producer Jay Woodward from her office in Texas.
2: I'm here with Sister Norma Pimentel. Thank you so much for joining us here on Beliefs. Thank you for inviting me. We've asked you here because you were nominated to have a conversation with us by Father James Martin. And he nominated you as part of our daisy chain of faith leaders. And he was asked to nominate somebody that he admired, somebody that he thought was meaningful. And he came up with your name. And I wanted to ask you how you know Father Martin.
0: It was 2015 and we actually met personally. This is during the time of the Holy Father. This visit to the United States. And he uh, spotted me and uh, wanted to interview me. And so it was a
2: a very nice acquaintance. Tell me a little bit, tell our listeners about the work that you do. And where are we talking to you from today?
0: Well, I live at the southern border of the United States, Mexico, within Texas. Because I'm here at the border, we have the privilege, actually, to be able to be present to the thousands of immigrant refugees that are coming to the United States. I've started coming For a long time. And because we are here, we have the opportunity to provide a humanitarian response, uh, to restore their dignity in our efforts to to help them.
2: Mm. And how did you come to be at Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley?
0: It it all started because I chose to enter a religious life as a form of responding to this amazing presence of God that I experienced after attending a prayer group. And I wanted more of of God in my life, and I chose to uh, enter the missionaries of Jesus. And by entering the missionaries of Jesus, the sisters were very connected with immigrants and receiving them at the convent. And so it was something that uh, drew me into wanting to help the immigrants and be present to them. So uh, since then and up until now, we've always had opportunities where we could be present to, to the many families that are here at the border asking or needing our help.
2: Needless to say, many, if not all, of our listeners have a relationship with God. And you mentioned the prayer group where you had an experience. And what is that like? You
0: know, that one time that I happened to go to a prayer group, and I always say it's by chance because I wasn't planning to go to a prayer group. I was just graduated from college and I was sort of distracted in my own life as to what I was going to do next. And I happened to go to a prayer group because of a friend who was very close to the church and always went to a prayer group. And she said, Norma, if you want to go out with me to Pizza hut you have to come to the prayer group first. You know, so I call it my chiripa in Spanish. By Chiripa means by chance, that I ended up there. I think for me it was by chance, but I think God already had in his mind, um, this is the only way I'm going to get her. So uh, <laughs> what happened after that was uh, the unfolding of his presence in my life through different events and, and through the guidance and mentoring of uh, Sister Juliana Garcia, who was my... Um, my teacher in the religious life, and um, she guided me to discover myself in relationship to God in in every opportunity there was.
2: Mm. So, sounds like it was a very fateful trip to Pizza Hut that night. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yes. Uh, it's interesting how what God uses to, to draw us closer to him, you know.
2: <laughs> so that also gives way to the service and the mission. And your work at Catholic Charities Along the Border is something that has grown in significance. How has it been for the last few years?
0: You know, because of how controversial it is, the whole immigration reality here in our country and at the border, particularly the thousands of immigrants that are coming um, in search for life, and so it has become such a controversial topic and issue whether we should or should not receive them, and people are so divided. You know, even even Catholics or Christians believe. Some believe yes, some believe no. And so I think because of that controversy, it almost becomes a, a, a question that we must ask ourselves uh, where do we stand? You know, I uh, remember early in my, my religious life, Sister Juliana uh, taught me a very important lesson in life and made me come to understanding who I was, you know, and, and make a decision. And, and, uh, and she mentioned to me, you know, Norma, she said, sometimes when you believe something and it's not until when things get tough or difficult or questionable that you have to ask yourself, you know, do you really believe that who, who, what, where is your integrity in in who you are and what you believe? And so if you run away, when things get tough, then you don't really stand for anything. And so I, I had to make a decision in my life and, uh, it helped me come to uh, a fuller understanding of myself, who I am in relationship to God and in relationship to my mission to do things to others and why I do them, you know. And so I think um, the whole issue of helping a, a human being, you know, uh, and they just happen to be immigrants here in our valley and in, in our river and in the border. And sometimes, um, why would do we help them, you know, and, and do we have the responsibility to help somebody who is in distress, who is hurting, who is a person that is asking for, for an opportunity in life? And uh, those are the questions we must ask ourselves, you know, in, in defining who we are and, uh, and uh, why we do what we do, you know.
2: So it's all taken a different flavor recently as well because of the pandemic that moved through. I was reading some of the local news coverage. It sounds like the the number of immigrants and applicants that have been moving through your area have diminished recently. Have you seen evidence of the pandemic moving through?
0: Well, you know, it, it, you would think that it has diminished. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that it has diminished. It simply means that they've taken drastic actions to to not receive anybody at the border you know mm. and and the pandemic became very convenient the a, a way to turn them away because of course we want to protect anyone that comes into our country uh, that may be a possibility of the pandemic you know this virus so actually uh the families are in the other side of the border waiting
2: is there evidence that there are outbreaks across the border
0: not at all no actually uh, You know, interestingly, we as volunteers and groups that are reaching out to help them, we recognize that the fact that the virus was not at the refugee camp uh, where the families are and if they were going to have it there it was going to be because we took it to them because the people from the United States are more were more exposed to it and and so we kind of put a stop and says you know what let's not go into the camp because we might just contaminate them and if that happens it's going to be worse for them you mm. know and so up to this point there still it hasn't been any any one contaminated with the virus and we don't know if this is going to continue like
2: this. Do you have a lot of communication from inside the camp do you have people that you can talk to
0: yes definitely we we stay in contact and we're um, some of the volunteers some of us do go to the camp to try to uh, provide them with certain items that they would need we just want to make sure we cover we have to use the proper mask and things to try to and distancing so that we don't uh, If we have anything that can contribute to that virus, we won't do that. But they're there and the authorities in Mexico are trying to figure out what to do to prevent and to take care of the situation should there be an outbreak. And um, this is what we're doing right now.
2: So I imagine you also work with uh, families on the other side of the border and who are in the middle of their applications, who are trying to settle, who are working through the system. Do they have resources where they can go, where they can live? This must be a very isolating time for them as well and scary.
0: I don't know that families really have very many options. We are working with other groups like UNHCR. And from Mexico and also uh, Samaritan Paris to try to identify ways of how to take families and offer them other options as far as bringing them to another location where they could uh, maybe legalize their status in Mexico if that is something they wish to do, and um, find them a job and find them a way to integrate in the community. Those are something that we're pursuing.
2: Have you made uh, preparations yourself for the pandemic? Are you in lockdown where you are? Are you uh, still in in your bubbles? Or
0: well, it's very hard to lock down, Sister Norma. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
0: I, I I continue to come to the office with with a very limited staff, and we're trying to see how we, as a Catholic Church agency, are connected with the community and providing them with resources like food and emergency assistance for those who aren't are unemployed and so something in the community especially convening all faith groups and organizing ourselves and at the same time working with the uh uh leaders that are involved at the camp of refugee camp across the border and seeing how we can help
2: do you have special plans set for the easter holiday
0: yeah of course uh, definitely i i get to do spend a lot of time at home whenever I have an opportunity and and so this is an opportunity for me to just listen to the liturgies that are from our own bishop here in, in our diocese and also the Holy Fathers the liturgies and so we have a great opportunity to see and listen to so many uh, services that are offered throughout different places and, and my plans are to do that.
2: If you had a something that you would want to say to the whole world as you enter into Easter Sunday. Would you have a message for your Easter celebration?
0: You know, when we think of Easter, we think of uh, the the fact that it is time when we gather together in the church. And for the very first time, we're going to find ourselves that we're not going to go to church, but we're going to celebrate in a different way that unity that we have as church and that brings us together because there's, uh, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to be creative in us to how, how we can be together as one church, as one people, and how it pulls us forward to be with others in ways others need us. And so the resurrection, the fact that um, Jesus is risen, and this is the, what is behind. The whole Easter mes- message is that East- Jesus will rise in us and pull us to come forward to see how we can help our brothers and sisters, those that need us, uh, family members that we're so detached from, and others that are simply in great need of, of us uh, believing that God is present among us, and we, and we must show that by the way we care for one another.
2: The world is experiencing something altogether right now, Um, a pandemic that's reaching into all corners of every country and uh, uniting us in in a hard way. Um, Have you had any insight to the pandemic and how it's treating your community and their spirituality?
0: You know, it's it's interesting how the pandemic has uh, no boundaries, you know, it it reaches, uh, the the rich and the poor it doesn't matter who we are it's showing us that we're all one human family it's very vulnerable very fragile and that we must we need each other we need to be able to be uh, supportive and we must not exclude any group because uh, the pandemic is showing us how united, how equally we are all the same. There's no difference in all of us, and so with that, we must learn how to be together, how to find solutions to the world problems that we face, and that that do not exclude anyone, but that we look for the common good of everyone. And uh, I think the pandemic, simply, uh, uh, this virus is simply uh, showing us that. We're all fragile, and we all need each other, and we must help each other to, as we move forward as, and, and approach life in a way that respects our life.
2: Hmm. It seems that all of those issues are coming to the whole world, addressing the fragility of being human and how precious it is.
0: That's true. It is t- totally true. You know, um, life is precious and beautiful, and it's a gift. And we must find ways to defend it, protect it, and and take care of it you know and and without exclusion you know and i think when we try to think only of ourselves uh, we enclose ourselves and make and, and paralyze ourselves from really truly living out the fullness of god's presence in us because we limit ourselves to just a, a specific group that i must care for but i think when we look away from us to others and not look at uh, how different they are from us or who they are, but rather because they're a person. And because they're a person, it doesn't matter who they are, we have a responsibility to to care for them and to make sure that
2: they're okay. So as part of our uh, daisy chain of conversations, we've asked you to just as Father James Martin nominated you to be our conversation for this week, we would like to ask you if you have somebody you would like to nominate for us to go seek out next.
0: Well, there's a man that is here in our community that I admire immensely. Uh, His name is Barry Patel. He oversees a chain of hotels, and he's always been so readily available to to offer his help in any way he can. Mm. But aside from the fact that he's such a successful man, he's also a very special man, person. And uh, uh, he's not Catholic, uh, he's uh, from India. I think that he would have so much to share with the world as to how he has come to be that person to, uh, to share with the community would be wonderful.
2: Thank you so much. We look forward to speaking with him, and thank you for your time and speaking with us. It was good talking to you. Thank you, Sister.
1: Our guest was Sister Norma Pimentel, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. The conversation continues on our Facebook page, and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support of the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer, with production assistance from Jonathan Smith. Theme music by Edward Billis. I'm Bill Baker. Thank you for listening.